Hey everyone, Ryan Fox here. Just a quick note about today's episode before it begins. We had some technical difficulties while recording today's episode, so the audio came out in a lesser quality than desired. We're still trying to break in some new equipment, so please bear with us as the season goes along. As always, Kenny and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Central Texas Football Podcast, and we hope you enjoy today's week one preview, and happy game week, everyone. Friday night, fall in small Texas town. People train like malls to flame, and there ain't nobody around. Even the cops disregard the shops and the banks to hear the band play the alma mater for the sheriff's daughter, cause she's the queen of the hometown fans. Well, I'd seen it all when I was small, and I'd sit it in my mind. If I grew up, things got tough, I'd rob that small town blind. Yeah, I'd be sacking a small town like a blindside blitz. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the week one edition of the 2023 season on the Central Texas Football Podcast. Uh, Ryan Fox here, drilling alongside Kenny Heath, and Kenny Heath... It is game day, or game week, rather. It's the uh, most exciting time of the year in my book. Yes, sir. Uh, excited to go time for a lot of these uh, Central Texas teams. Uh, a lot of good matchups this week. We're going to dive into a bunch of them. We're going to have Darby uh, Brown from KWTX with us and uh, Coach Zach Linson from uh, TIG, so it ought to be a, a good episode. Yeah, a great episode in the books for sure. Got some got some great interviews, as Kenny mentioned, with Darby Brown and Coach Zachary Linscombe from uh, TIG or TIG, however you say it. They say TIG. So okay, we'll go with what the hometowns say for sure. So the TIG Lions, head coach Zachary Linscombe, will join us there heading into his second year with the Lions. Uh, exciting week, as we mentioned before. Week one of the Texas high school football season opening week uh it's a great slate of games that we're going to get into this week but before we dive in to the games we have our matt step question of the week and for week one the coach for matt Ste- or the question for matt step from kenny was we got a full slate of games in the super Centex region tell us about a few games that intrigue you and why and quote uh, Lorena and China Spring, self-explanatory here, is Lorena a title contender in three division one? And what does a new look China Spring offense look like? Because again, China Spring does have a lot to replace, but they bring back the quarterback, uh, Cash McCollum. So he'll still be leading the reins of the offense. Coach Tyler Beatty returning as well. So a lot, a lot of pieces to, to replace there, but uh, I think China Spring is still easily the favorite, not only in this game, but to probably contend for a state championship in Class 4A Division One. Yeah, because you are until you end. So yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah, me as well. And then uh, another game that intrigues Matt Stepp, Waco Connolly versus Mejia. Connolly is loaded, but Mejia can be a tricky place to play, and the Black Black Cats expect to be much improved. And I like how I mentioned Mejia Stadium there. I mean, you've seen it, Kenny. We've been there a couple times. I think my very, my very last high school football game that I ever played at uh, in 2018 was at Mejia Black Cat Field. And it, it's a unique stadium. It kind of seems like that the, that the away stands, 
or on the home side, and the home side seems to be on the away stands. It's kind of weird because the away stands, quote unquote, it kind of looks like it used to be like horse track stands. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a, a Mason, the Puncher Dome. Yeah. It's the overhanging that, you know, that, that covers you like a, like a cardboard over, over the stands. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool stadium. So that would be a great game to watch as well. And then third game, uh, Leander Rouse versus Lake Belton. We got We get our first look at what we think is a district title contender and a District 4 5A Division 1 at Lake Belton. Rouse is a solid team from Austin who should be a good test. Uh, Rouse at the uh, 5A Division 2 level as well. They're, they're in that district with um, uh, with Waco University and Belton High, so that would be an interesting game as well. Yeah, it's a lot of star power you have on that uh, Lake Belton team. Uh, you know, Selman Bridges and uh, Michael Hudson. And when I ask this question, you know, of course those games came to mind, but a couple of the games that I think that are kind of like a, a measuring stick type game is your TIG versus Rockville game. You know, everybody thinks TIG's going to be really good. And when we visit with Coach Nelson uh, here in Louisville, as we said, uh, kind of want to see where Rockville's at too. You know, he's a pretty good team in TIG. And uh, also Troy Whitney. You know, last year this, the, uh, the, both teams were, uh, you know, didn't start off very well. That was an ugly, ugly game that they both played. So uh, last year, Whitney had the first-year head coach. This year, Troy had the first-year head coach. Tyler Rashier knew, just like Whitney last year, new uh, schemes on the offensive and defensive side. So that's going to be an interesting game for me as well. Yeah, and we talked about it a little in our uh, season preview last week. Uh, it's going to be a huge adjustment for that Troy Trojan, especially on the on the offensive side, because this is a – this is a program that for years has been running the football, that uh, wing T sort of style offense, very run first. Then you bring in coach Tommy Brashear, who likes to throw it around a little bit. So we'll see how they adjust to that. Troy's always, always has athletes. There's there's not a, not a question there, but it'll be interesting to see how they adjust and see how they – excuse me. They're, they're going to take their lumps early in the season for sure. We'll just have to see how they adjust and – you mentioned last year's game. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But I think there was double-digit turnovers in total between both teams. I think Whitney had seven. So it, it was a very, very ugly game. I expect there to be uh, – I mean, it's going to be week one. Both teams are going to be making mistakes. But I think it will be, compared to last year at least, a, a much cleaner game. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one more cool thing to share – uh, before we uh, jump into our interview with uh, Darby Brown, uh, you saw this on Twitter the other night, uh, Kenny. Uh, Lake Belton announces that their their matchup against Red Oak which, on September seventh, which I believe will be Week Three, that'll be on ESPN two. How about that? Yeah, that's uh, you know that's what having big time five star recruits on your roster will do for you. You know, and uh, people want to see those guys play, and that's great for uh, Lake Belton Red Oak. Yeah, it'll be super cool to see that on a national broadcast at the high school level. Especially in our own backyard in the Central Texas region, that's going to be really, really awesome to see. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to be awesome to see. That, that should be Week Three, September seventh, when Lake Bell and I believe they're playing. I think they're playing that one at home this year because I believe they went to Red Oak last year, but we'll double check that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, cool note there, uh, Lake Belton and Red Oak. Uh, week three will be on ESPN2, a national broadcast of Central Texas high school football. So how about that? And now we will dive into our first of two interviews today. Uh, Darby Brown, sports director at KWTX in Waco. Gracious enough to sit down with Kenny and talk to us about the big matchups and big storylines for the Central Texas high school football season as we head into week one. All right. I'm here with Darby Brown, the uh, sports director of KWTX in Waco. Darby, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? 
We're doing good. So here we are, uh, the first week of Texas high, high school football season. We've been waiting a while for it. Uh, any games this week? Uh, let's go over a couple of them that might have might have caught your eye that, that in, intrigue you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the first one is obviously China Spring and Lorena. That's a you know matchup that was everyone was really hyped about it last year. After, of course, they were both coming off of state championships, and now um, you know still two recent state champions. Obviously, China Spring. They had a, they they are in the state championships from last season, so they've still got the title there. And then Marina, um, you know, kind of fresh off of it as well. So I think uh, there's a lot of hype around that game. I was hearing that the ticket sales were already through the roof, and that they might even I, I'm not sure how true this is or how they'd execute it, but they might even try to bring in more seating. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, which I I'm curious to see how they would execute that, but. Anyways, I think everyone's really excited about that game, of course. Um, you know, I think China Spring, I'm curious to see how they kind of can develop without some of the key guys they had last year on defense and then some of their receivers as well. So they still have their quarterback, but it's kind of like, you know, who is he working with? But um, they feel good about their group this year, so excited about that. And Marina, of course, is interesting uh, with Bray Biles retiring and kind of a new you know, not, not really shaking things up a ton over there, I think, with Coach Kevin Johnson coming in, but uh, because he's familiar with the arena, but just trying to see how that kind of changes things over there. And, uh, and yeah, they, I mean, they have a lot of talented guys, too. Jake Porter comes to mind at the receiver position, Baylor commit. Um, I know a guy that works out with him quite a bit at the gym I go to, and he's always talking about, you know, just how freak athlete he is. So if they can get him involved a lot this year, that's big too. So I, that's a game right away that that I think everyone's you know really looking forward to, and yeah, it, it'll set the tone. I'll, I'll be going to that one, so I'm excited about that. So that's like the big headliner game, and, and I always look at games this first week kind of like a, a measuring stick. So. Like Godley and West kind of sticks out to me because West lost quite a bit. Godley had a pretty good run in the playoffs uh, last year, and they bring back a really good running back in, in uh, Thickpin. So, I mean, what do you think about Coach uh, Woodard's uh, team over there? They're going to be awful young. Yeah, they, they graduated, I want to say, I don't have it right in front of me, but 17 seniors or something like that. So, very young. But obviously, there still are some guys that are that were around, a very few. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a reloading year. I think Coach Woodard kind of emphasized that they're excited about their quarterback, Gus Crane. Uh, he was on the, the baseball team that did pretty well last year. I believe he was the catcher. Could be wrong about that. Anyways, but he he, uh, he apparently could really throw the ball. So they are excited about him. And then they have a good running back, Coy Clish, who they're also excited about. So he was kind of saying between those two guys that he feels like this team could be more dynamic maybe on offense than it's been in the past. So even though they're young, I guess they're looking forward to that. Um, and so we'll see how that kind of turns out to be over the next few weeks. And, and then let's uh, midway Mansfield. Uh, Coach Shane Anderson, this is his third year there. Do you think he's feeling kind of some pressure to, you know, to, to, to perform this year and, and turn some of those uh, L's into wins? Uh, you know, I think traditionally I would say yes. I do think at Midway, you know, the first year he came in and, and they were still in that district where they're playing the top teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth area within their district, which I think, you know, yeah, that's a tough draw. So then they get out of that district and now – now I do think this is, okay, let's see how we can compete now second year in District 12-6A again and around some of these more, you know, Central Texas teams. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I do think you want to see improvement. Um, I don't know how much he's really in the hot seat or anything like that, but I, I do think you'd want to see them make some strides this year. And now, what does that really look like? I guess everyone would probably have a di- different opinion on it. But, you know, he has two new coordinators coming in, so that that's sort of interesting as well. So it's almost like, um, you know, he kind of lets them run things. So it is the third year, but with two new coordinators, that's a lot of change as well. So it, there's still some, some uh, changes going on over there, but that could be positive. You know, I mean, both of their – coordinators took head coaching positions elsewhere um one at a new high school and then one at university so that that'll be interesting to follow see how they kind of really change things up and they have a new quarterback uh ty brown came from um, belton where he's been a very good player at belton and his dad the coach moved in and so now that's their guy um, at qb so that that'll be interesting to see him um kind of step up to the 6a level because he was very good with belton last year and let's talk about uh, District 11-3A, the District of Doom, as some have called it. Uh, do you see <laughs> yeah. any, either Lorena or Cameron or or uh, Little River unseating Franklin as a district champion, or you think it's Franklin and all the rest? You know, I don't know. I mean, Franklin, they they lost that key running back last year, and so now, obviously, I, I don't cover Franklin quite as much, so I um, they're more our, our KBTX are college uh Brian college station tv station covers them a bit more so i don't know exactly who they're reloading with but obviously i think they're good but i mean there's no doubt um losing that running back's gonna be a big you know big big shoes to, to fill there so i think that you know there's a chance that some of these other teams could come in i really like cameron i think um they were really powerful on offense last year and they have the same quarterback uh and so i think that you know they're going to be able to put up a lot of points Obviously, there was a little bit more work to be done on defense, but, um, you know, I, I like that group. Academy seems really excited about seniors they have. You know, they have a new head coach, but he was their offensive coordinator, so not a lot of changes going on on that side of the ball. And um, he specifically was just really excited about coaching this team. Like, they feel really good about this group kind of coming off of a year that they will tell you didn't meet uh, their expectations. And then, yeah, of course, Lorena, you know, again, I'm curious to see how they perform against China Spring. Obviously, that's a tough week one, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think any of those teams really, that is the District of Doom. It is, it is uh, you know, kind of loaded from top to bottom. So they, I, I don't know, I think if there was a time for them to slide in, I do think that this could be the year. But we'll have to see when we get into those those games. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will find out. Okay, so Monday we had some uh, big news breaking down about Marlin forfeiting mm-hmm. their game to Itasca. Did you hear rumors of that maybe coming down or that kind of hit you by surprise? And is it – what all do you know about that? Is it – I mean, apparently yeah. all the kids were passing their classes, but Marlin had set a certain set of standards that the, that the team didn't adhere to or – I don't – station and so I, I was able to you know talk to coach Ruben Torres about it and he confirmed that the you know the game had been had been canceled and it was because they were not they didn't meet you know new standards that had been set in place for this school year. Um, obviously it goes without saying I think any sort of changes are because of kind of what happened in the spring with the, the graduation uh, sort of debacle there. But 
Um, I, you know, I don't really know. I, I, I will say I, I didn't watch. I know we, we, our reporter was supposed to be on that story again yesterday. I'm not sure what ground they covered there. Um, I think there was other breaking news, which is the life of the news team, which I do not envy in that way. But anyways, <laughs> I, I, I think from what I gathered, yeah, there, there's some new policies set in place beyond what's required of the UIL in order for players to, you know, participate in you know, after-school programs in general, really, and, and UIL events. And so I, and they, they didn't need them. Now, they started school July 31st. I was, tr- when I, you know, talked, I tried to the superintendent, I tried to push him on, you know, what exactly, exactly the standards are. And um, at the time, at least, he didn't give me a whole lot. Maybe it's changed, so I would have to, you know, check my own news outlet <laughs> for the yeah. recent article. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. I think that I, I I can tell you that they all seem on the same page between Coach Torres and the superintendent that they feel whatever they're doing is is needed to keep the kids accountable and, you know, academics has to come first. And I think no one can argue that. Absolutely. Like, you know, obviously that's true. You know, kids need to be able to graduate high school and be successful in whatever else is next. So that there's no doubt that's the most important. Um, and they all seem on the same page. So I think, you know, whatever it is, hopefully that they can – you know, get it back, turn around, so that they can uh, play play next week. But um, it is going to be a little interesting to follow here to see, you know, how they, you know, can kind of turn things around. Because yeah, it's a little shocking the first week to forfeit that game. So it's uh, it was unexpected for sure. Yeah. Hey, Darby, we appreciate you hopping on, and uh, let's get together sometime down you know, further along in the season, and we'll talk again. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love that. And that was Kenny's interview with the sports director at KWTX in Waco, Miss Darby Brown. Uh, we thank Darby again for coming on the show today. And uh, she she made a great point towards the – uh, it was kind of a tough subject to talk about towards the end of there, uh, Kenny. Um, big big news that broke out earlier this week, uh, which is kind of a – untimely time for this to come out the opening week for Texas high school football, Marlin having to forfeit their opening game to Itasca. Yeah. I don't like it. I really don't. I just I don't like it for the kids that no. did what they were supposed to do. Even the kids that did what the UIL requires them to do. And you're not you're going to take that away from them. And you know, it's not like a, you know, this superintendent that's making the rules, I mean, this dude's suspended from being on a district sideline for two years by the UIL. Yeah. He's not allowed to be a game administrator by the UIL. And I don't know, and I really like Coach Torres. We've had him on uh, a couple of times. Yeah, great year, guy. And I don't expect him to say anything different than what he said because that's what that's the company line, I would imagine. But I don't like it. I think it's, I think it's horrible. I think you, if the kids – if you got enough kids to sit up and play, you need to play. Yeah, you gotta sure. take that away from some kind of guidelines that you set and they won't tell us what they got. Nobody knows what these guidelines are. And I just don't like it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they, they kind of upped their standards because there is a thing that came up towards the end of the following school year where they most of the seniors from last year's class 
didn't meet the you know, academic requirements to graduate high school. I mean, they eventually met them, and later on, like a month or two later, they were able to uh, formally graduate from Marlin. So, and in light of that, just with all the, you know, all the news coverage that that story got and the news coverage this is getting, Marlin internally has, you know, inquired new standards. But I, I agree with you. If, if, if they met the UIL standards and everything, they should be able to play. No yeah, doubt about I mean, that. You know, there's one common denominator in all these different problems, and that's the superintendent. I mean, mm-hmm. if the buck stops with him. If your kids aren't graduating, you know, okay. And Darby said this probably came from what happened in last night in the graduation. Yeah, it laid the foundation. And so, no. You didn't do your job, so don't take it out on kids. Yeah. That's the way I Yeah, I, I agree completely. But, yeah, tough situation over there in Marlin, having to forfeit at least their week one game uh, against ITASC, which uh, I think it's safe to say they probably would have been pretty – comfortably favored in that one as well. So tough break there for the kids and Coach Torres, but hopefully they bounce back and get to suit up and play again next week. So So tough situation there, Marlon. Thanks again to Darby Brown from KWTX for breaking that one down for us. So, you know, uh, let's go ahead and jump into these games, man. We'll start with probably one of the top games, not only in Central Texas, but across the entire state of Texas, as uh, China Spring will travel over to Lorena to take on the Leopards. A lot of intrigue in this one. China took this one at home last year, 38-20 over the Leopards. So, interesting game here. Uh, We we touched on it earlier in the show. Uh, China Spring returning Cash McCollum and and Lorena. The big story here is what's Lorena going to look like without Ray Biles? They hired their internal hire, their principal, Kevin Johnson, who's a former coach, I believe, uh, back um, he was head coach at Connolly at one point in time and a couple other stops as well. So, how will Lorena look without Ray Biles? Because he coached there for, what, 31, 32 years so that'll be the biggest question here for the leopards i think this will be a fun a fun game for sure opening week um it was a great matchup i think it was close for a while there in the uh, in the first half of last year's game china china spring of course pulled away so uh interesting matchup here in lorena you know who who do you you got in this one i I have china on the road taking this one hey there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball yes you look at jackson generals i saw some uh, clips on twitter of him sling the ball around and the scrimmage looked really good uh really good and of course you got jb Moore, the better commit uh i don't know what they're gonna do running back i think their guy has been hurt i'm sure they've got somebody's gonna step up and you look at china spring with tax mccollum uh kyle barton gravy grinds uh, just a bunch of talent, uh, you know, another excellent uh, on the defense side of the ball. I'm going to go with China Spring. And yeah, as we just mentioned, it was a 18-point uh, game last year when they played in China Spring. But China Spring on the road this year in Lorena, I think they'll be heavily favored. Uh, they have a little bit more coming back. I mean, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of stud players who place, like you mentioned, X-Line and Kyle Barton, players like that. But what they what they have returning along with having Tyler Beatty back there as well, I think, I think they'll be the uh, – the favorite team here on the road. So I'll take China Spring in this one as well. And another interesting game here that uh, Matt Step covered as well, Connolly and Mejia. Now, this was very lopsided last year. Uh, Connolly, as we mentioned, it'll be at Mejia this year. Last year they played at Connolly. 
and Connolly just kind of laid it on the hay. A 65-20 was the result in last year's game. How do you see it playing out this year? Uh, yeah, I'm with Connolly. I think, you know, they just got that talent with, uh, you know, uh, Kobe Black and uh, the running back over there. just forgot his name. Stud at Connolly. And, uh, you know, Mahalia returned to a set of running backs themselves in Cooper and, uh, and Stephen Miles. I just don't think Mahaya has the firepower to keep up with Colin. Uh, yeah. I look for Mahaya to improve this year, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Colin. Yeah, and Mahaya is one of those interesting stories. A lot of people have him as a dark horse to make some noise out of here, out here in Central Texas. So, but they're they're coming off a three and eight season. It'll be their second year under Coach Aaron Knoll. I think they'll get better as the season goes along. I think they'll be a, definitely a playoff team down the road and have a chance to win a game or two. But this early in the season and with how much firepower that Connolly has, I'm with you. I think Connolly will take this one, well, one on the road. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who Connolly rolls out quarterback. Yes. Is it going to be Jamari Benson or somebody else has stepped up in, in fall camp? And that, that'll be one thing to keep on. Yeah, for sure. But I think we're in agreement here. Connolly will get the win on the road. Uh, road teams in our eyes are 2-0 and so far. And interesting game here. Uh, Crockett will be playing at Mark this year. Now, this is a game that did not occur last year, and then I think there's a fair reason why. It just seems like Mark has a different pre-district playoffs or pre-district game slate every single year. They played Paris Chisholm last year in week one. They played at Paris as well, and they drummed Chisholm, which is a three-division one Program fifty four to nothing. So I think Chisholm was like, yeah, well, uh, we don't we don't want any more of that this year because they came up to Paris and did that to us. Why should we go down to Mar and have it happen again? So and that seems to be the case with Mar in pre district season every year. But they have Crockett, which they'll be punching up. Mar will be punching up three divisions in this one. Crockett's a three division one program, so the depth and the size will probably be a difference here. But at the end of the day, I think Mar's Mar here, Kenny. Yeah, and we talked to Coach Hoffman last year about that. Chisholm game, and he's like, Look, I can't find we can't find anybody to play. Yeah, it's just hard for us to fill a schedule. And you know, they just kind of uh, you know, put it together piece by piece. And yeah, you know, you got Monty Swainer coming back, uh, Abram Ross, Jonah Ross, uh, you know, the Medlocks back again. So yeah, I think Mar has no problem at all. Yeah, for sure. I think they'll get the win, especially being at home. And that's another team that's going to have a huge chip on their shoulder going into the season because. They made it to the state championship last year, but the way they lost, but it, they lost, but the way they lost has got to sting a little bit. They were kind of outmatched and outgunned there against Albany, and I, I don't think they expected to be. That's the problem. So I think they'll have a huge chip on their shoulder. They they have some guys to replace. They'll have to replace uh, their top receiver in Brandon Lundy and a couple of other guys in the trenches. But they return uh, Jonah Ross. They return Jadarian Bell. They return a lot, a lot of key players from last year's squad. Well, as you mentioned, Monty Swainer. So I I think I think punching up three whole divisions. I I think they'll be looking to make a statement here in week one so and, and start the season off on a hot note one thing to keep an eye on is week two i believe they've got mark so they may not be playing that's that's interesting as well so <laughs> mark just seems to whether it's that or the just teams not wanting to play them it just seems like they always struggle to find games prior to the district season where at that point the teams have to play them so 
So, uh, yeah, I think we got Mart here in this one, the first home team that we think will come out on top here in week one. And an interesting game here, 4A versus 3A in, in this one. Godly will be playing at West. And this will be interesting because this will be a great uh, litmus test for West early in the season. They, they have a lot to replace, as we mentioned in last week's show. Godly coming off a three-round three playoff run last year, I believe, which West is as well, but West has a lot to replace. But they have Easton Paxton and Coy Klish coming back. So, But the rest of the guys around them are going to be fairly young and don't have many snaps at the varsity level. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare against a, a very solid 4A team in Godly, which will probably be another another playoff team to look for uh, later on this season. So th- this will be an interesting game. I, I got West getting the win at home this year, but not, not by much. Man, I just, you know, Godly's coming in at 7-6 last year. I think they're going to push winners this year in that mm-hmm. district over there. They, they returned the running back and uh, Landon Thickpen who rushed for a ton of yards last year. Uh, you know, we just heard from Darby. Coach Boyer really likes the way that uh, Gus Crane swing the ball around. Yeah. And of course, he's got a really elite receiver in uh, Easton Paxton. Uh, Coy Clish is going to come back around. He's going to take over the running back spot. Uh, they got some good pieces on defense. I just don't know. I think they're going to have some growing pain because they are. Oh, for sure. Young. For sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a job. Okay. Uh, first one, we are split on, and that's not, that's not a bad pick. You can go either way. Uh, West did take this game in Godly, 42-20 last year. But, again, they have a lot to replace. I think Godly has a little bit more coming back from a three-round playoff team. But I, I'll take West at home here. I think they will take their lumps. I don't think it'll be – of one-sided game by any stretch, despite who wins. But I, I think West will get the win at home. Another interesting game last year, a matchup of teams who played each other twice last season. La Vega will be playing at Kennedale to start week one here. How, how huge is it for La Vega to make a statement in week one here? I think it's really big, and it does, it's not going to be easy because Kennedale's no. defense is stacked. And they always are. Guys coming back. Well, they've got five and five coming back, but it's just – a good defense, a good, good defense last year, and I, I feel like it's going to be pretty good this year. They were 84 last year. Uh, of course, Las Vegas got Bryson Rowland, one of the yep. better running backs in the area, if not the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with La Vega. Yeah, I'm going to go with La Vega as well on the road. Uh, they took this. They took this game in the opening season last year, or the opening game of last season, 34 to seven, in La Vega. Then they met again in the playoffs, and the Kennedale ended La Vega's season last year with a tough 10 to seven loss. So that's got to be stinging a little bit for La Vega as well. Revenge on the mind, no doubt. And another year uh, of an, another year season with uh, Bryson Rowland. He's got another year under his belt heading into this season. I think they'll lean on him a lot, not only just in this game, but the whole season as well. I like LeVega on the road here as well. Um, and this could be a chance for both these teams to play each other twice again this year as well. Absolutely. You know, you kind of figure that Kennedale's going to win their district. You know, it's not that strong. And, you know, LeVega's probably going to be battling out uh, Alvarez for that 3-4 spot. For sure. Yeah, this could be another 1-4 matchup in the first round. Yeah, it, it'll be really, really exciting to see how that plays out later in the season. But as far as week one goes, I think we're in agreement here. LaVega – uh, we'll get the win on the road at Kennedale. That's not going to be an easy drive either. It'll be it'll be a little bit of a drive. What's that? Almost two hours, I think, from Bellmead to Kennedale. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty, pretty close, close, yeah. And so now uh, La Vega, we think we'll get the win over Kennedale on the road. And now. Interesting battle here. Glenn Rose will be playing at Grandview this year at Zebra Stadium. Uh, Glenn Rose. 
uh, took this one in Glen Rose last year, 43 to 22. I still have Glen Rose winning this year, but I don't think it'll be by 21 points. No, I think I like Glen Rose to win this one because kind of like West Grady's going to have their growing pains. You know, for sure. Got a returning uh, Ryder Hayes quarterback. He threw for almost 2,300 yards, 25 touchdowns last year. I think the big key for Grandview is getting that running game going mm-hmm. as he can. I think they'll probably run the ball a little bit more this year. Mm-hmm. And they've got the uh, sophomore who started as a freshman to Allen out and play wide receiver and he gets them back. But, uh, you know, I just think Glen Rose is, you know, they're a bigger, you know, they're one classification higher. They've kind of got a culture going there. They're going to miss a lot. I cut some light a lot of dudes. But they've got the uh, the Raymond boys coming back, you know, all stage at a tight end and a defensive lineman and Kel Raymond and Camden Raymond. So I'm going to go with Glen Rose. Yeah, I'm going to go Glen Rose as well. It should be a fun matchup. And another, as we just mentioned before with Godley and West, it'll be a great litmus test for what will overall be a very young Grandview team. How do they stack up against a – Glen Rosting that again also has to replace a lot, but will probably be considerably favored in this one. And you know they're coming off again a state semifinal run last year, so we'll it'll be a team with a lot of pedigree and a lot of confidence going into the season. So we'll see how Grandview stacks up to them. I won't be surprised if they win, but I think Glen Rose will get the win on the road for sure. And another interesting battle here. Uh, in McGregor at Bulldog Field, Hillsboro will be traveling over to McGregor to play the Bulldogs. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I just, it's hard for me not to pick Hillsboro. Um, you know, I think they're, like we've talked about, their defense is going to be a lot better. They return mm-hmm. some skill kids, and, uh, you know, they got two running back linebacker type kids, and, and Troy Brooks and Evan Emery, who tackle the ball carrier really well. Uh, you know, they got the highest kid receiver. Now the question is, who are they going to play quarterback? You know, I don't know who they got selected to take snaps over there. Uh, you look at McGregor, you know, they're just down. They're a really tough district. Yeah, but I said they're a victim of their district, yeah. no doubt. And then, you know, they got a decent little running back. A good running back in Sebastian Torres yep. over there. The Coach Shields, you know, just got the deck stacked against him. And hopefully they find a little bit, like we've talked about, a little bit of uh, success. For sure, but uh, I, I think I got I got Hillsboro on the road here. I think Hillsboro, you know, especially with the strength of their defense. Again, we talked about last week. Ten of their eleven defensive starters returning, including Ezra and Emery, who had almost two hundred tackles last year. I think so. I think defense will be Hillsboro's strength into the season, no doubt. And I think that'll carry them to win on the road versus McGregor. And the next game we will be talking about will be Class Three Division One matchup. Here on the road where one of the guys that part of our show every week, Matt Stepp, he'll be attending. Whitney will be t- will be ho- playing host to the Troy Trojans, a, a game we touched on earlier today. Interesting to see here with Tommy Brashear bringing more of a passing element to a Troy Trojans squad that's typically accustomed to running the ball. And on the flip side, you got a Whitney team that's – definitely accustomed to throwing the football around and they, they're heading into their second year under head coach David Haynes Jr. Interesting matchup here, Kenny. A, a, a matchup that, again, we talked about had, I believe, over double-digit turnovers between both teams last year. Very ugly game that ended up in a three-point victory for Troy at Trojan Stadium last year. But this year in Whitney, I think just heading into the season, all things considered, I think Whitney's a more complete team going into the season. 
I'm not saying I'm not going to say that Wendy's going to win by a you know three or four scores here, but I think they'll win pretty comfortably in this one. Yeah, because when you're looking at Troy, you're looking at unknown. I mean, you don't know. You know, there's some film all from scrimmage that they're probably not going to give away their hand too much across the game, the base stuff, like most teams do. Uh, you know, they return eight and nine stars. Coach Bashir, he's enough stranger to a winning football. You know, he, he was on that staff at Coach Rose, at, at, you know, and then he took over for a couple of years and did did all right. Uh, you know, and looking at Whitney, you know, a recurring theme in that district is the quarterback. You know, you got Byron Hayes at Grandview. Coach Winter thinks he's got a good one and Gus Tranny at West. And I think there's a really good one here at Whitney that may be the best of the bunch in Mason Sealy. District newcomer of the year last year. As far as, you know, uh, the stats putting up. So, you know, I really think that Mason's going to have a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of skill guys. All of his receivers are back. Some receivers aren't in the bottom receiver this year. They're on the uh, defensive side of the ball. You know, and he's going to go to his number one guy, which is uh, Jared Anderson. You know, Mm -hmm. guys. You know, when you're a first-team Pre, you know, preseason super syntax with uh, Micah Hudson and Jay Border. Yeah. And then you got Jared Nansen. You're in pretty good company, and I think he deserves it. He's, he's a really good receiver. He's going to make some plays. Uh, the, the running back spot, I think, may have been settled. They're going to go with mm-hmm. sophomores that look pretty good in the scrimmage. I think Trey Haynes may get some carries, like in the red zone and stuff. Uh, the defense, you know, I think they're going to be improved, and, and they need to be improved if you're going to do what you want to do and, and make a, a deep playoff run. Of course, you got Trey Haynes coming back, uh, who was a super synthetic defensive player of the year. He was the uh, Texas High School Coach Association 3A defensive player of the year. So he's, he's a well-deserved, highly decorated, well-deserved defensive player. And he's got some help this year. You know, I think the defensive line is going to be a lot deeper than it has been in the last couple of years. He's got Tegan Winkler coming back at, uh, at that inside linebacker with him. So, I'm going to go with Whitney. I, you know, I just think that they're more of a complete team, like you said. Yeah. The second year in this program, second year in the offense and the defense. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just think Whitney's probably going to be able to win about three or four scores. Yeah, I think so. I, I think being at home to start the season really helps as well. Um, yeah, more of a complete team. And this is uh, – I think this is like the third head coach in the last four years for Troy as well. So another year of adjusting and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think Whitney here at home, uh, big game, you know, looking for some revenge from last year's 23, 20 loss and second year under, under coach David Haynes jr. With a, a lot of high expectations, at least, at least in town for sure with the local fans. So be interesting to see. I think Whitney does start off one to know here at home though. So we are in agreement there. Now let's jump in to our next game, Chilton at Bosqueville. This will be interesting matchup here. I think uh, Bosqueville is going to be a little bit more improved this year while Chilton takes not a huge step back, but maybe a little, a little one. Chilton took this one at home last year, 42-13 to 13 over Bosqueville. How do you see this one playing out? You know, uh, Chilton 12-1 last year. They returned 14 stars. Yeah. They've got Isaiah Red and Isaiah Red. Pretty good little uh, playmaker. Oh, yeah. They got there. And uh, Bosqueville's going to break in a new defensive coordinator. And mm-hmm. uh, they were 3-7. They returned 7, uh, 14 starters. So, 
I think it's going to be a good test for Bosco to kind of yeah. see where they're at because Chilton's a pretty good ball club. But I just oh, don't yeah. think that Bosco has enough. You know, I think Chilton probably wins this. Oh, game. yeah. Chilton definitely will probably take it, even on the road, probably by a score or two or three scores. I think it'll be like a 14 to 17 point victory. Be interesting to see how Boskyville, uh, you know, adjusts to their new defensive coordinators system and just see how they develop it. I mean, it's not going to be perfect in week one, as we said, but yeah, I think I'll take Chilton on the road here as well. And another interesting matchup here in class three, a now Lago Vista or four, a versus a three, a Lago Vista on the road to take on Cameron. Yo, do you remember the score from this one last year? Uh, you not off the top of my head, but you did remind. There's a lot to not follow. Seventy-one to thirty-five. Yo took this one when they were on the road at Lago Vista last year. A score that obviously turned some heads last year, and kind of thought, "Tell everyone is is Yo back." You know, I, I think and it set a precedent for their expectations going into this season that they might be back, they, yeah. for sure. And they have a lot returning. And 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 Lago Vista last year was no slouch. They played 14 games last year. Yeah, they were regional finals last year, but, you know, they only returned six stars. Yeah. And I think they've got a final quarterback. You know, they've got White Harry coming back. Uh, they're all with Coach, uh, I forgot his name, Craig Phillips. Yes. Always has a tough squad. I mean, anytime you're playing a lot of this, those boys are going to know they've been in the ball game and so with. And then you look at uh, Coach Rhodes over at uh, Cameron, you know, 94 last year, their turn nine starters. They get Brandon Drake back, uh, Kadarius Bradley, Casey Goolsby is a great wide receiver. I just think he goes too dynamic. And I think, mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, Coach Rhodes really, really likes this team. And he's got a lot of skill. He's deep at the skill position. And probably some dudes we hadn't heard of. But, yeah. you know, I think there's going to be some kids step up this year that we didn't know anything about. And we'll understand what he was talking about when he talked about how deep he was. So I got to get this one. Yeah, I'll take Cameron Yo in this one as well, especially being at home. And it's – especially with how much Lago Vista lost last year, it's going to be hard to make up a 36-point differential from last year. So, I'll take Yo at home as well. And uh, before we dive into our next game, as we'll look ahead to Tig taking on Rockdale on the road this year, uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Tig Lions, Coach Zachary Linscombe. And here's Kenny's conversation with Coach Linscombe. All right, I'm here with Coach Zach Linscombe. From the Teague Lions, he's the head football coach, athletic director. Coach, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing really good. It's a great day in Teague, Texas. Hey, Coach, thanks for hopping on. Uh, one question I got for you is uh, this is kind of a two-parter. You know, Teague has been coming up a lot, and people, uh, you know, they're kind of their uh, uh, under-the-radar team, kind of dark horse in that region. Uh, you're bringing back a ton of uh, skill, you know, a lot of kids anyway. So I guess, you know, that it's got to make you uh, – happy that you're getting some recognition over there in Teague and what you're doing over there, but is it kind of hard to keep your kids from not, you know, reading the headlines and say, hey, let's let's keep our eye on the prize here? Sure, sure. I think there's an element of that, but, you know, last year we kind of, we took the opposite approach of nobody's talking about us, and we put a chip on our shoulder and tried to play with that chip all year, and now it's, uh, you know, people are going to start putting a number by our name or try to rank us here or there so now we have something to prove that it's justified and and we belong here and we want to be a mainstay in these talks so uh it's about developing that chip in a different way but continuing to take the field with that chip on your shoulder and having something to prove so this is year two for you here at teague and you know coach osborne 
He stepped down, and he had them rolling pretty good there for a while and kind of had a little dip, and you come in and take over. Kind of, I don't know if it's a brush effect, just a, maybe a new way of doing things. What's the difference from today than last year at this time? Well, I think for one, uh, we have a, you know, the whole coaching staff stayed intact. So uh, just we know our kids. We know the skills they possess, what they can and can't do well or don't. Uh, do as well as they uh, do something else so we can put them in position quicker you know we went through our struggles early in the season last year until we got it rolling up figuring out some of those things and then like you said we were a we were a really young football team last year and to be honest with you we're, we're really young this year we're starting about five or six seniors probably when it shakes out but we're a youthful team with experience if that makes sense so yeah uh, if you're going to be young uh, you want to be youthful with experience and that's kind of where we find ourselves heading into this season yeah, and speaking of that experience, uh, you know, like you said, you're, you're young, but, man, you're returning a lot of skilled kids. I think uh, you lost a couple of linemen, but how, how much of those kids, like your quarterback, Zach Leha, your running back, Jamel Rice, and uh, Jaden Cole, how have those kids gotten better? How have they matured? Man, they've just – I'll tell you what, from the day out we walked in here uh, and started preaching our message and selling our program – uh, they just they didn't just stick their toe in the water and test it. They have jumped in and uh, our summer workouts were the best they've ever been. Our seven on seven was the best it's ever been. Uh, we got a complete off season boot camp all the way through all our phases. So just those guys buying in and trusting that we got a plan that'll work and all they got to do, they don't have to think. They just have to show up and follow the plan. Uh, and that's that goes for every kid in our program. Our buy-in has been unreal, and I think I think that along with what you said, just a just a new message, a fresh message, a different way to do things, uh, has all come together to put us in position to possibly you know make some noise or have a fun, nice run uh, this season. We hope. Okay, so we're going to get to Rockdale here in a minute, but let's talk about your district. And we talked about this last week in our preview episode. Every team, just about every team, save for uh, Eustace and uh, Kemp, but Teague is basically a rival with every other team in this district, the Mahayas, the Grossbecks. I mean, you're pumped up for – I mean, you're going to be pumped up for every game in district, but it kind of means a little bit more in this district you got here. Yeah, there's some schools you look at have, have one rivalry – uh, and you know that kind of you worry about that becoming your Super Bowl when you're at those schools. But when you got a little rivalry with with everybody you play for five or six weeks in a row, you don't have trouble firing your kids up. You don't have trouble convincing them it's important. And um, you know around here they celebrate winning these tri county championships. And, <laughs> and so uh, that's a, you know it's a. Coaching-wise, you know, you always say you never want to coach effort or motivation. You want to coach technique. Uh, well, the schedule alone kind of sets you up for that. And then everybody around here is well-coached and has good kids. So it, it makes you bring your A game because you know you can catch an L if, if you don't show up uh, uh, playing the best football you can play. Okay, let's talk about Rockdale. They're returning a pretty good little quarterback in Braden Barcock. Uh, they didn't quite make the, uh, you know, didn't make the playoffs last year. I thought they were going to be a little bit better than they were. They got a first-year head coach in Hunter Hamrick. What are you expecting now of the Tigers? 
Well, uh, just from the Coach Hamrick standpoint, I, you know, it's coaching world small. I'm a little familiar with him. I was down in Cuero for about 10 years, and that's about the time he came down and took uh, over the Ingleside program after I'd been down there a couple years, and they were actually on our schedule. So uh, I've seen him, played against him a few times, watched him build that Ingleside program and see what it became, uh, and he did a great job down there but it at least gives me some familiarity with what he does and how he does it. Uh, now, having played Rockdale last year, obviously very familiar with the quarterback. He gave us trouble last year, uh, maybe more so with his ability to use his legs to get him out of trouble than anything else. Uh, but he's dual threat. You've always got to account for him. Uh, dropping back in coverage isn't enough. You have to have a spy on him uh, or he, you know, he keeps you honest. Uh, they have skill guys. They got a couple skill guys on each side. They like to get the ball out too in a hurry. You know, just seeing what I've seen so far, you know, I'd say they're a, I don't know, an evolving wing tee. It looks like they start out of the wing tee principles, but get back in the gun and give it the shotgun flare. So we're not 100% sure what we'll see on Friday. Week one's always a surprise. Um, defense, they've gone to a, a 3-3 stack, 3-3-5 defense, which usually means you can bring a lot of different uh, funk out of it and, and, and force some issues. So we've had to prepare for that all week. But, uh, man, I think it's a great week one matchup. I think it's a team, both teams have skill guys on the field that uh, can can take one at any moment. And uh, both guys, both teams have some. So, you know, it's going to be who can win in the trenches because both both have some decent size, even though ours may be a little younger. Uh, it's going to be who can establish their will there in the middle. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on, and, and let's get together later on down the season, maybe around playoff time, and we'll talk again. You got it. Go Lions. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Tig Lions, Zachary Linscom. And you, know, you, t- you talked to the man one-on-one, Kenny. Um, you know, he probably gave you the best perspective that we're going to get this year. What, what do you think of this one? Uh, what a good interview. I mean, you know, first time to just kind of all happened in a, in a flurry. Yeah. Today I was trying to get him on because, you know, T's name's been coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. They're the dark, dark horse. horse in, that, in that district, that region. So I wanted to get him on and talk about it. And I'm uh, really impressed with Coach Winston. Uh, he's got a good squad, man. They, they returned 16 starters. Mm-hmm. They were 6 and 5 last year. They lost in the first round of the Wiggy team. It was pretty good. The score probably wasn't indicative of the game. I think it was a lot closer. You know, they had a couple of scores get called back. Uh, you know, they got the returning Zach Leha. They got the running back Jaden Cole, wide receiver Jamel Rice. Uh, I think they're a pretty good squad, and I think yeah. I don't know that they're Malakoff good, but they're they're going to be good. And you look at Rockdale; they get their quarterback and uh, Layton uh, Barkoff back, and their running back Rice they're three and seven. They return uh, fifteen starters. Uh, I'd like, you know, you want Rockdale to be good because when Rockdale, like we said, Rockdale and Cameron are good. It's just better football for the area. But I got Teague taking this one. Yeah, I, I got Teague on the road as well. Uh, Coach Hamrick coming back. I think they're both teams are going to take their lumps early in the season, obviously. But I think more so with Rockdale because their first year – under Coach Hamrick, but again, this is a guy and Hunter Hamrick who has been with this program before. I mean, he was on he was on the staff when they won the state championship over Brock back in uh, 2017, I believe. Yep. So it's a familiar face, not maybe not particularly with the kids that are playing there right now, but someone who's familiar with the program and someone who in Coach Hamrick who knows what Rockdale standards are and what the 
you know, what the program is, you know, both schematically and just culturally. So I think it'll be huge for Rockdale to have him back. But I think Teague will be on the uprises here again. Like you mentioned, I don't think they'll be quite up to Malakoff's level, but that's a tough ask for anybody, not just Teague. So I think uh, I think they'll be in the running for that second playoff spot. And I think they get it started tonight with the win at Rockdale as well. Well, one thing real quick, talking to Coach Linsman, and, you know, he has coached against Coach Hammer. Yeah. And when he was at Cuero, when he was at Ingleside, and the way he described his offense, you speak of that Rockdale 2017 with Tory Lachlan, you know, that's exactly, to me, reminds me of what they did yeah. at Lachlan. You know, they were running left, running right. You just turn around, then dig it over, and, uh, you know, throw the ball. So, kind of was reminiscing about that state championship uh, team the way that offense ran yeah and again rockdale took this game last year but it was it was a nine it was a nine point victory for rockdale so i think t's good enough with what they have coming back and with rockdale having to adjust to having a brand new coach new system trying to break that in i think they have enough to make up that nine point difference so i think for sure we both have tig taking this one on the road at rockdale and then uh, our final game on our uh, week one preview slate a really fun rivalry in Central Texas as well. Little River Academy taking on Rogers this year. Now, this is a game that's typically played at least fairly recently at uh, Crusader Stadium, home of Mary Hart and Baylor over in Belton, but this one being played actually at Rogers this year. So, um, interesting matchup here. This was, as every rivalry game is, it was close last year, 29-23, Little River Academy took this one, but Little River Academy has a lot to replace last year. They have a new coach, as uh, as we mentioned last week, Chris Lancaster taking the job over at Robinson. So we'll have to see how they adjust. I believe they promoted from within uh, with their offensive coordinator yeah, taking Mullins. Coach Mullins. Yes, taking the reins there at Little River Academy. I think Rogers is just a little bit more of a complete team in this one. Um, I'm going to take Rogers at home here. I'm going to go Little River Academy. Okay, and uh, you know. Not much has changed with the way they did that inside high. I don't oh, no, that. no. And, you know, with Casey Mraz coming back, the big tight end, Luke Tomasek, uh, Cavalli, Neely at running back, I really like them. I, I think it's – I don't know that they're going to be up there with the Cameronios, Franklins, and Marina, but I think they're a pretty solid pick for that four spot. And you look at Rodgers, and we had talked to Coach Roden earlier uh, last week, and – you know, he really likes his quarterback in Cooper Cisneros, and probably he thinks this is by far the deepest his uh, interior line, you know, D and O line have been since he's been there. So they're going to be strong up front, but I just think uh, Academy just will you know, too much firepower. Okay. Yeah. And again, it is a rivalry game, so it could go either way. I like that we're split on a rivalry game for sure. But um, I, I think regardless of the outcome, it's going to be a really, really fun game. It's always nice to see rivalries, rivalry games taking place in week one of the season, especially one that's – so it, it is underrated as a lot of the rivalries are in Central Texas. Yeah, but and Rogers is a grass field. Yeah. And, and I think there was a write-up in the Temple newspaper about the local uh, teams with grass fields. And I'm not just to keep those things uh, irrigated. Especially with how hot it's been. Be uh, a hard, hot, you know, yeah. uh, uh, surface to play on. So I don't know if that's going to be it's a factor or not. It's, it's going to be hot on Friday night. The high for Friday is 105 <laughs> or 106 or something like that. Something ridiculous. So, And I've heard, I've heard some stories across the state how there's a lot of games that are getting 
push back to like eight or eight thirty yeah. just to make up for that. But and you know, I don't think that's the case for this game in particular. But I think for the most part, especially those with those turf fields, because those turf fields get hot, man. They really do. Because you know, it could be 105 outside, but down there on the field on that hot rubber turf. It's probably close to 115 down there. So yeah, it's a lot. I, I, I think I think for sure that a lot of games will get pushed back. Maybe less likely on a grass field for sure. But uh, just as we head into week one and the first couple weeks of this season, keep an eye on your kickoff times, man. Whatever games you decide to go to, because they could get pushed back, especially if they're outdoors, which most high school games will be. 95% of them will be. So just keep it on the start times as well. The good thing is you won't be like, yeah, for sure. If it gets pushed back, for sure. Uh, it'll be a later night, but it's Texas high school football, so it's definitely worth it. So, and that is it. That is all the games we'll go in depth on. And now my most favorite thing of the year. Who won this last year? Do you remember? I'm pretty sure you did. I never tallied it up. I know. I just wanted you to say it. So, uh, yeah, the Pickums this year, as we, as Kenny just mentioned, the uh, vice president of the Texas Sports, uh, the curator, rather, of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Jay Black, will be joining us for the 2023 Pickums. And so here we go. Let's jump right into it. So uh, throughout the pickums, we'll, we'll touch on the games that we just covered in depth. But uh, here we go. We'll start off with China Spring at Lorena. You and I have China. What does Mr. Black say? You got China Spring. So China Spring across the board. Connolly at Mejia. I think it's safe to say all three of us have Connolly here as yes. well. Crockett at Mart. I got Mart. Mart and Mart. Mart across the board. Troy at Whitney. We have the Wildcats. Yep, Whitney all the way across. Godly at West. What? Yeah. Who do you? I, I know you have Godly. Who does he have? He has West. I have West as well. University at Robinson. I'll take. I'll take the Trojans here. University across the board. Fort Worth Southwest at Waco High. I'm going to take Southwest here. Uh, we got Waco. Marlin at Itasca. We just mentioned before this game has been uh, taken out because of the situation over at Marlin. So we'll jump over that one. Dawson at Rio Vista. Who do you got? Jay Black has Rio Vista. I've got Dawson. I'm going to take Dawson in this one as well. And then uh, Midway at Mansfield. I'm going to take the Mansfield Tigers here. La Vega at Kennedale. I think it's Pirates across the board safely, I'd say here. Uh, Scurry Rosser at Italy. Who do you have in this one? I got Scurry. I got Scurry Rosser as well. Mr. Blocks, yeah. And then Glenn Rose at Grandview. I'll take Rose here. Yep, Glenn Rose across the board. Blooming Grove at Riesel. I will take the Indians in this one. I got the Indians also. Mr. Blocks taking the line. Hillsboro at McGregor. I'll take Hillsboro. Hillsboro across. Chilton at Bosqueville. I'll take Chilton. Chilton. Chilton across the board. Temple at McKinney Boyd. I'm going to take the Temple Wildcats here. Temple Pro. Ellison at Harker Heights. Give me the Knights. Heights Pro. Kearns at Wortham. Who do you have in this one? I got Kearns. I'm going to take Wortham here. Chaparral at Colleen High. Give me the Shaps here. This is, if, you, if you can't tell, that's one of our favorite teams this season. Leander Rouse at Lake Belton. I'll take Lake Belton. Lake Belton. Wes Rusk at Malakoff. Give me the Tigers. Stu Lago Vista at Yo. Once again, I think it's Yeoman across the board. Yep. 
Tig at Rockdale. Give me the Tigers. The or the. So which tiger do you refer to? No, Tig's the Lions. Uh, I got it mixed up. Give me Tig. I'm going to say the Lions. So, Tigers, Lions, and Bears. Oh, my. Goldthwaite at Crawford. Give me the Pirates. Yeah, Crawford, Crawford. Little River Academy at Rogers. I'll take Rogers. No, we both have Academy. Axtell at Moody. Give me the Longhorns. Yeah, Longhorns, Crawford. And then finally, the Belton Tigers at Pflugerville Hendrickson. Give me the Tigers. I got the Tigers from And that is the Week One 2023 Pickums, featuring yours truly, Kenny Heath, and the curator of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Jay Black. And that's going to do it for us, this Week One Preview Edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any questions for us, once again, you can reach out to us on our social media direct messages. Uh, We are at CTFP Podcast on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram. We're also on Facebook as well at Central Texas Football Podcast. Or you can email us at CTFPPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of the Central Texas Football Podcast. And thanks again to Darby Brown, Sports Director at KWTX in Waco. And thank you to the head coach of the Tig Lions, Zachary Linscombe, for joining us. Thanks again to Matt Step as well. And thanks again to Jay Black for his pickums for week one of the 2023 season. So thank you. And thank you for tuning in to the week one preview edition of the CTFP. We will talk to you next week and enjoy week one of the Texas high school football season. Sweat and blood to get the way those game day jerseys down the hall. Kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall. Well, it's turning face the stars and stripes. It's fighting back them butterflies. It's calling in the air already. Yes, sir, we want the ball. And it's knocking heads and talking trash.